Good morning. Today is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. Today in Canada is Remembrance Day. We remember and pay tribute to those brave men and women who gave their lives serving in the Canadian Defence Force. And we honour and thank those men and women who have served, many of whom were wounded, and we pledge to treat them with respect and dignity as befitting the heroes that they really are. Of course, today we remember and celebrate all members of the Canadian Defence Force. It is fascinating to note that during World War II, Jewish soldiers served in greater numbers proportionate to their share of the population than any other comparable ethnic or religious group. More than 17,000 Jews served in the Canadian Armed Forces during World War II. Of those, 420 Jewish soldiers were killed in action. More than 300 were wounded. And over 200 Jewish soldiers received decorations for their service to their country. In addition to that, we take the opportunity today to express gratitude and respect to all of those men and women who are serving today. And we should do this every day, whenever we see a person in uniform, simply to walk up to them and to say, thank you for your service. I've shared with some of you before that Canada's Defence Force is unique in that in modern times, Canada has not had to directly fight to defend our country, our people here, but to assist fighting fascism and tyranny and oppression all over the world. Europe, the Mideast, Africa, and many other places, and assisting Canadians when disaster strikes here. Today should also be a day that allows us to express the ideas and the feelings that are the foundation of the important halachic principle of Dina de Malchus Adina, the law of the land is obligatory for us to follow just as if it was Jewish law. And what underlies that concept that we are required to follow the laws of the country that we live is the wider concept, the more fundamental concept, we are required to be grateful to the country in which we live, and we are required to work on behalf to making it a better society. Dina Malchusadina calls forth gratitude and respect 
And part of that respect, just to mention this incidentally, is to make use of the opportunity to vote. I've shared with you before, Ramosha Feinstein says that voting in an election is a mitzvah. It is a way to participate in the good of our society, and it is part of the obligation of helping our society. And so on a day when we think about defending democracy, there are dramatic ways to do that. There are ways that the military needs to do that. But every single citizen also needs to do that by observing the laws, by respecting the institutions of government and those who hold those offices of government, and by participating in the election process. Because the truth is, the battle is never over. Pierre Paradis once said, democracy is fragile and you have to fight for it every day day. Since we're thinking about the military and soldiers, there are four very practical, important lessons that we can learn from military service that apply to every one of us throughout our lives. Number one, I can't do it alone. No single person can fight a war by themselves. No single person can do it by themselves in every area of life. And so the closer we are to others, the more relationships we develop with others, the more we let others into our lives, the happier we will be, the safer we will be the more insulated from harm we will be. Number two, we learn from the military, everyone has their task. The military has different divisions. Each division has different departments. Everyone has their job. It is never correct for me to look at someone else and to say their job is more important than mine. I want that job and not this job. I'm given a job and I need to do that job to the best of my ability. That's my task. It's true in every area of life as well. Maybe I would like to have the mitzvah opportunity that somebody else has. But that's not the mission that I have. The mission that I have is the opportunity that's in front of me. And I need to do what is my mission to follow my orders to the best of my effort, to the best of my ability. Number three, we learn from the military. You have to follow commands. Yes, obviously in a time of peace, in a time when it's calm, you can ask a question. We can have a debate, yes, but there are times that are not times for question. Ultimately, we have to follow the law. Ultimately, we have to follow the mitzvot. And fourth, and most important, what we learn from war 
and what soldiers teach us is the most beautiful thing in the world is peace. Those who have seen war and what it does even long after battle ends, they know this best. That's why often soldiers make the best diplomats because they know what's really at stake. They understand the consequences of war and violence and death. And that's why we should always try to make peace. Because even if you win in war, you will still be damaged. And anyone who has been in war will tell you that. I had a cousin through marriage, Sergeant Shirley Rubin. She served during World War II in the United States Army. And during the war, she wrote a letter to her mother. I'm going to read just part of it. Dearest mother, and the letter is her mother was living in Pittsburgh. It has her address. And the letter is written somewhere in Italy. August 15th, another historically important day. And I cannot help but I think of the blood, sweat, and tears involved that somewhere today, boys, our boys, German boys, British boys, young and old, are lying dead or brutally wounded, forever scarred, crippled, blinded. And in some future time, a child in a classroom will be disinterestedly learning dates, knowing only the surface being bored, knowing nothing of the agony of wandering women and tortured men. But we must teach them differently, mother. We must tell our children in such a way that they will despise war so that they will never have to learn it firsthand, never permit it to occur again. In the joy of peace and victory just around the corner, my soul quivers at the ugly, miserable price of it. And in the midst of my mind, remembering the sweet thing of home, I cannot help but think of those who will never see home again. The price is very high for freedom and peace. My prayers today are in thankfulness that my dear ones at home have been spared the knowledge of bombings and terror firsthand and that they are alive and well. And I ask God to bless our boys, watch over them, keep them safe, pray with us, and for them.
my dearest family. And that is precisely our sentiment today, this Remembrance Day. Gratitude for the freedom and the peace that we enjoy due to the sacrifice of brave men and women who served, who continue to serve in our military, to train, to help, to put themselves in danger for us. In our shul at Adath, every Shabbos morning, at the middle of the service that has the most attention, just like in synagogues all across Canada, we say this tefillah, we say this prayer. We all stand and we all say it together. We say it in English because we want to make sure that every human being, not only Jews, but non-Jews as well, understand what it means to us to ask God to protect Canada's soldiers. And it's meaningful to me today, this Remembrance Day, to share this prayer with you. Heavenly Father, bless and protect the men and women of the Canadian Armed Forces who risk their lives for the sake of peace. Guide them in peace. Lead them toward peace. And return them speedily to their families alive and unharmed. Grant us true peace in fulfillment of the prophecy. Nation will not bear arms against nation and will no longer practice war. My friends, I want to wish you a meaningful, wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.